This morning in this service of hope, and as we move forward towards the Lord's Supper, we, we seek the Lord's comfort. The service of hope originated out of the service that we, we typically would do on the Sunday night before Thanksgiving, but wanted more of you, more of our church folks to be able to experience and to share together in. So as we looked at the, the universal church, the, the, the church calendar, if you would, we decided that on the Sunday before All Saints Day, which is November 1st, that we would take time each year to reflect and to remember those who have passed and to offer a Christmas ornament, an, an ornament of hope, of remembrance and reflection. And so we trust and pray that in these moments you have experienced the comfort of the Spirit of God who also is called the Comforter in Scripture. And we would invite as the service comes to a conclusion uh, later on uh, this morning that anyone else that would like to come and to, to take with them an ornament of remembrance, of hope, of, re of reflection, uh, to do so on behalf of a family member, on behalf of a friend that has passed. What a beautiful, powerful song that we, we shared together with just a few moments ago. Through it all, through it all, it is well with my soul. Is that the testimony of your heart today? Even though the storms of life may, may grow all around you, can you say in these moments of quiet, in, in these moments of reflection, of coming before the throne of God, that it is well with my soul? If not, I, I pray today that you might experience the grace, the, the comfort of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. We've taken a few moments to reflect on those who've passed over these last, uh, last months. But the question that we all must ask ourselves today is, are you, are you mourning? Are you grieving? Or are you simply sad today? Certainly mourning a life that has passed. Or maybe there's a, a dream that has been shattered that, that you're grieving in your life. A relationship that's been broken or severed. And for some of us, maybe even you. A diagnosis from a doctor, the loss of health has brought about changes that you understand will impact the quality and yes, even the quantity of life for you and a loved one. How are you grieving today? How are you mourning today? What, what makes you sad today on this Sunday that we reflect on the comfort of God let us re be reminded that God's love and God's comfort comes in many different forms if you would and, and I hope that two or three of these passages that we read today in scripture can can offer ongoing comfort and encouragement to you would you, would you turn with me to Psalm 103 Psalm 103 a beautiful passage written generations ago, thousands of years ago, that even today speaks of God's graciousness, speaks of God's might, speaks of His work of comfort in our lives. Maybe these words would speak to you and your family today. Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His business of His benefits, who pardons 
our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, who crowns us with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that even as we grow old, our youth is renewed like the eagle. May these words from the psalmist bring comfort into our lives because you see, we all need comfort. Even the strongest, even the most devout among us, even the one who thinks they are the most independent, we all need comfort and to experience God's love in this way. We all experience pain, loss, grief, betrayal. Again, listen to the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are those who experience loss because they, they will be comforted. As I said just a few moments ago, let us remember that Jesus described the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said that the Lord, that the Father would send a comforter, a helper, who would not only dwell in us, but would minister from within us to bring comfort and hope and love. So church, as we seek to love one another over these weeks as Christ loves us, we must remember that that love is expressed in comfort, comfort from God, and then comfort that we share with one another. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul says these words, and I'll paraphrase. He says, we grieve differently. He's talking to those who've recently lost loved ones, who've experienced death, who've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and he says, we grieve differently than those who have no hope. And then he goes on to describe that reunion of, of, of Christ coming back and those being raised from the grave and those that, that are still alive being caught up in the air with Christ. And then Paul says in that passage that we shall always, whether we've already passed or whether we continue to live, that we will always be with the Lord. We will always be in the presence of the Lord. And then in verse 18 of chapter 4, Paul says this, Comfort, comfort one another with these words. Why? Because we grieve differently. Because we have a hope. And our hope is that from this day forward, from today into eternity, that we will always be in the presence of the Lord. Bringing words of comfort to the early church was one of Paul's passions, I believe, and he always spoke words of encouragement and comfort whenever he could. Turn with me, if you would, to Colossians. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. We were in Colossians a couple of weeks ago. To 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And in the midst of all the, the struggles and, and, and the questions that the church at Corinth had and, and their difficulties, listen to these words. Listen to how many times the word comfort is used in this introductory passage 
Begin in verse 2. Paul writes his introductory statement, phrase to the church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. He begins with words of comfort. Offering God's grace and peace to the church there. But, but something's going on in, in, in Paul's life. Something's going on in his heart. Maybe there's something going on there in the church. And he wants to, to describe, he wants to develop this theme of comfort. Listen as he continues on. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and your salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which is effective in the patient enduring, the long-suffering of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are shares of our suffering, so also you are shares of our comfort. Nine times in those few verses, Paul is reflecting on the comfort that we receive from God. And because of the comfort that we receive from God, then the comfort that we can share and offer to one another. We don't need to be reminded that affliction, that tribulation, that trouble comes in many different sources in many different ways. But Paul is reminding us here that comfort only comes from one source. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ, through His people. You see, we are tempted to blame God and to turn from God during our affliction, during our pain, during our loss. Yet to abandon God in our time of grief, in our time of pain, in our time of loss, is to abandon the one true source of all comfort. Paul knew what he was talking about. He knew affliction. He knew loss and pain. And therefore, he knew God's comfort. Turn over here in 2 Corinthians to chapter 11. Paul's going to share. Begin reading in verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked at night and a night and a day, and I've spit in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. And then if, if those outward circumstances weren't enough to bother him and to, to, of grief and of pain, he, he concludes this idea with this. I have, labored in la I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from these external things, there is the daily pressure 
The daily pressure and concern. You know, when we talk to our young adults today, you know what their number one issue is? Anxiety. Paul here resonates. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches, for my grades, for my work, for my family. Paul knows affliction, yet we're reminded that just a few chapters later in his greeting, he reminds us that we are being comforted and we have a God of all mercies and of all comfort and that we are comforted by the Spirit of God that resides and lives within us. So when Paul writes about receiving the comfort and sharing the comfort of God, he knows, he knows what you've experienced, what you've been through, through his own life. Verse 4, that beautiful verse again, we are comforted so that we can comfort those in any affliction. Regrettably, regrettably, the word comfort has grown soft in our English language. The English root of the word comfort comes from the Latin root of the word fortify, which means to strengthen, which means to, cur- to, to, to encourage, to work towards courage. It means bravery. In the Greek, the word comfort literally means to call beside. It carries with it the idea of one who stands beside another to help them to alleviate their grief. You see, comfort is more than just soothing sympathy. A warm blanket, a, a soft pillow, and a cup of chicken soup. Although there are times when that's, that's the needed comfort, but comfort is so much more than that. Comfort means coming alongside of someone to strengthen them, to encourage them, to offer them, a, as as Paul says, a hope-filled patience that you might endure your affliction, that you might endure your trial, your loss, and even death. That you might maintain your hope and faith in Christ. This morning, as I came to, to church, our Refurio mission team was loading up. We have about 30 from our church and some, some friends of, of ours that are going to gather in Refurio. They're, they're traveling there today. And what is their purpose? Well, well sure, their purpose is to go and, and to, to repair homes and, and, and to, to take care of some physical needs. But let me assure you that, that the heart of their mission is to go and to offer comfort. To go and to come alongside of folks who have been in in despair and and even a sense of hopelessness. Can you imagine a a hurricane coming through two years ago and not having the resources and the the, the support in your own community to, to have folks come alongside of you to help you? Imagine for two years living in homes that that leak, where the mold continues to grow where you're living upstairs or downstairs because the upstairs or downstairs is unlivable. And so we pray today and we pray this week for for members of our congregation that go to come alongside and to take comfort and encouragement and strength to those who 
have been suffering, those in despair, those who are hopeless. And may, may they have the, the conversations, may, may they have the, the time, times of prayer and encouragement that can lead to lasting impact in the lives of those that they serve, making a difference in their community. Again, Paul says that, that we are called to, to come alongside and bring comfort in any affliction. Interesting, Paul says we are comforted so that we can comfort in any affliction. He doesn't say that we're only bound to comfort those who have shared the same affliction that we've shared. I'll never forget, and Chad, Chad knows this couple that I'm referring to, Bud and Margaret were, were dear friends and members of the church that we served together in. He was the patriarch of our church, and one of his roles would be to, to count on Sunday morning. Mike, Mike Lang helps us to do that some. Some of you help with that. And he carried a clicker with him. And I loved it when Bud would, would take roll, because whenever he saw you, however many times he saw you, he'd click. We had great numbers. Bud was a great guy, but, and Bud was older, and he was diagnosed with late-stage cancer. And I'd only been to church for a few months. I was just a, a college and youth minister who was stepping into his first pastor. And I, I didn't know what to do. But I knew Bud was struggling. I knew he was hurting. And, and I knew Margaret were. And so one night I, I told Gay, I said, I, I need to go over for a few minutes and, and, and see Bud and Margaret. I didn't know what I was doing. But I was there alongside. And after I'd been there about 30 minutes... I noticed, I didn't know, I noticed a change in his breathing. And their daughter was there, and, and she was in the other room, and I, I called her in, and we just sat there and watched. And it wasn't but just a few minutes later that he took his last breath. And I'm thinking, Lord, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But here I am, right here, alongside of Margaret. After a few moments, we had a prayer. We began to do the things that you, you do at that moment. And I'll never forget, weeks, months, years later, whenever I would see Margaret... She'd say, oh, pastor, I, I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't been there. And I'm thinking, I didn't know what I was doing there. But the comfort that the Spirit of God was able to minister through me, because I was present, and because I had certainly been ministered to in my, in my own afflictions, although I'd never sat in a room next to someone with, with their spouse taking their last. And yet God was faithful. And God ministered in a powerful way. You see, church, to love one another means that we comfort one another and that we come alongside of one another in those tender and vulnerable and moments of mourning and loss and of grief. I didn't know what to say, but the Spirit of God was present in a powerful way. 
Church, we are called to, to, to minister to those in affliction even if we have not been through that before. My experience with cancer has given me a, 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 an insight and a sense of, of being able to relate to those that are experiencing it as well. But that didn't mean that before I had cancer that I was exempt from ministering to those that had cancer. Church, we must come alongside and love and comfort and minister to one another. Paul speaks of this comfort of the presence of God again in 2 Corinthians. If you would look at, at chapter 4. Paul says this, in our earthen vessels, in these bodies that are temporary, in these bodies that are going to chip and crack, in these bodies that we possess, that one day, now listen, one day these bodies that we possess are going to return to the earth and going to become dust again. And listen to what Paul says. He says, even in these earthen vessels, even in these bodies that we possess, we can still experience the power of God and the power of God who brings comfort into our lives. He says in verses 7-12, through 12, we are afflicted, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not despairing. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are even struck down, but we are not destroyed. You see, God does not always remove our affliction, but God always provides the grace that we need to face it. That we need to see those things through. You see, the victory is ours. But we must be willing to persevere. We must be willing to suffer through whatever it is that God brings our way. And again, God's gift of comfort is not intended to stop with us. The result of us experiencing God's comfort in our lives is the ability that we now possess to offer the same comfort to others. The purpose, one of the purposes and reasons of our comfort is to share that comfort with others. Offering comfort is the natural expression. It is the overflow of God's comfort in our lives. And yet, how are we to do that? How are we to do that when words don't come to us readily? Simply by being there, by coming alongside, by standing alongside for the purpose to strengthen, to encourage, to offer hope and reminders. Church, we are to comfort one another as God has comforted us. And doesn't that sound a little similar to what Jesus said in his new commandment? That we are to love one another as He has loved us. This morning's service of hope and Lord's Supper are an expression of God's love and comfort to each of us. Each time that we eat His bread and each time we drink from His cup, we proclaim our faith until He comes again. You see, in the Lord's Supper, we find comfort as we mourn and as we grieve in this present world. Yes, we grieve. And don't let anyone tell you that Christians don't grieve. We grieve, but we grieve differently. We grieve with hope. We grieve with the promise of life and of victory. 
So this morning as we gather around the table of Christ, let us anticipate the fulfillment of his kingdom and let us find comfort in his presence and in the words of Scripture. In Revelation 21, one day he, our Lord Jesus, will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will no longer be any death and there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Behold, Jesus says, I am making all things new.